Zave and Michelle for breakfast. 92.9 Triple M. Oh, hello. Welcome to this special edition of uh, the podcast on a Sunday. We thought Zave and Michelle had that many guests on this week. We'd put them all together in an extra long podcast. You can just sit down and enjoy on a Sunday. How's this for the guest list? So, Tommy Ballard starting off strong. Bruce McAvaney, legend commentator, is in the AFL Life membership. Uh, just an all-round nice guy. We caught up with Bruce. Aaron Sipos, the Super Bowl is on tomorrow, so we thought we'd catch up with Nozzy NFL player Aaron Sipos from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we met our Fremantle docker for 2023, who could be the future captain of Fremantle, Caleb Sarong. We asked him about that. Liam Duggan, we love Liam Duggan from the West Coast Eagles as well. And today, worldwide event UFC is in Perth. So we thought we'd dust off this one with Alex the Great Volkanovsky. Enjoy. Our next guest burst onto the UFC scene in true style. That's going to do it. Alexander Volkanovsky. He's the current UFC featherweight champion and pound for pound king. What a moment for the New South Wales native. But he's putting his body on the line at UFC 284, moving up a weight class for the lightweight title right here in Perth. Australia, look at this. I'm bringing it back home, baby. Please welcome Alexander Unbelievable. Straight away, Ooh. I need to ask, what is it like pre-fight <laughs> when you hear that? Oh, mate, it's incredible. Mate, how was that intro? You know, yeah, that we did out. that last night. You know, that, was like, that was like a, a true walkout for me. Like, no, nah, it is. It's a good feeling. It is a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, I was going to say, I looked at you and I'm like, you're getting buzzed up now. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah, I, was, I know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Do you, so <laughs> some, of the, some of the fighters that come out and they easy can do dances or whatnot, or whatever. do you plan anything or you just go, just walk straight? And just get in the ring and get going. Oh man, it used to just be yeah. I'll just just go there and do my job. Yeah. Now we're like you know try and make the most of it as yeah. you know while like yeah. you know especially me like you know fly that flag high or or soak up the crowd or you know give uh, yeah give the the fans what they they, they want as well. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I might, might do something special for this one. Yeah, yeah back home in Australia, <laughs> yeah. Perth. So Good. stay tuned for that. Well, two eight four coming to Perth. Uh, you're the lead show, which is fantastic. And UFC is in a fantastic spot. Oh yeah, they are, man. So this is going to be a huge event. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Going for that champ, champ, you know, uh, it's a you know, super champ. fight, you know, double champ, uh, super fight, and yeah, massive card, you know, Rob Whitaker on the on the card. We've got an interim uh, title, the featherweight interim mm-hmm. title on the line. Like, uh, there's there's a lot happening, and obviously the interest is very high, and uh, as it should, you know, Aussie fans want to just get back in there and watch an event, and then it's not just any event. It's going to be a, Huge. a, a cracker card. So, mm. talking about fans, obviously you'd be approached and everything. What do they want from you apart from the obviously selfie or maybe a signature? Do they do they want to talk to you about fight technique? What do they get into? Face offs. They love face offs. Really? Yeah. 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 What? So they'll do it like as in like when get they when out. they get the photos they're like oh can we do a face off there I don't know <laughs> oh my god it's good because I, I don't mind doing them as well it's good yeah. practice for me so uh, I don't break very often you don't so, break, uh, yeah, yeah. except for Hasbulla he made me break yeah, yeah no, you, you gotta probably punch you that, that's great what did you yeah. like as a little fella oh mate yeah no he's a, he's a cool dude you know obviously he doesn't mm. speak too much English or anything like that but uh, you know what you see is like sort of yeah. what you get even that's how he is he comes in obviously he gets what what that that's his gimmick and all that he like yeah. he, he plays with it but I mean even when he walks in the room he walks in like a little 
staunch. Like, you know what I mean? The way he is. So he's a little legend, you know. I get, yeah. I get along with him. But I think he's going to be here for UFC uh, 284. But I think he's going to be on enemy uh, lines uh, for yes. that one. So uh, right. all good. Well, there's a camp. <laughs> that camp is a, is a big camp as well with Khabib in there and stuff like that. They've got an absolute army coming. Yeah, they do, man. They, they always uh, travel together and uh, have a team. But yeah, man, uh, you know, the, the Dagestani wrestling is no joke. But yeah. uh, Hey, can I take you back? I'm going to play some audio to a moment where uh, you, were, you were called out. You are now the lightweight champion of the world. Habib just said you want to fight Volkanovski. Volkanovski standing right here. Look at him. Where is this short guy? Where? <laughs> I didn't see this short guy. Bring him here. Oh. Was that obviously, could you see that that was the path you wanted to take? Did you expect to yeah. get called? And what's it like when you walked into the ring and there was a few people that stood in between just to make sure that nothing happened? Yeah, man, like it was, uh, I, that was uh, a lot of people, was that planned? It wasn't planned. Yeah. So uh, you could even see me in the in the film, like I'm sitting there go, can I go in? Like this is yeah. a great opportunity. <laughs> Let me in there. Like, like let's, let's make this happen. That's why I went to Abu Dhabi. That's why I put... Uh, you know, took a lot of risks, you know, having a short camp. Yeah. And if someone got injured, I was going to come in. Like, not many fighters are going to do that, but I wanted that next shot at that title. And me doing that gave gave that opportunity uh, to me, you know what I mean? So that's why I wanted to do it. And then to go in there, do the face-off, and for them to say they want to do it in Australia, and all, it doesn't get any better than yeah. that, you know? So I was like, oh, mate, get me There's in there. There's a few boxes mm. getting ticked at it the was same funny, time, like, wasn't uh, there? I don't think I looked that much shorter than him in there, but they didn't realize I was wearing my, uh, you know, the designer shoes with uh, big soles <laughs> yeah, and his bare foot. So, uh, yeah. you know, maybe... Maybe he was like, oh, he was, he was a lot shorter like, during the week. <laughs> now, mate, uh, before we let you go, Perth's going to be right behind you. You're going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Have you got a message for the, the Perth people that listen to us to get out there and support and UFC and how big it's going to be? Well, the support from uh, Perth has always been incredible. You know, even last time I, I fought here, so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I'm glad that we could uh, put on a, a good show. Uh, this is going to be a, yep. a, a historical event. So uh, I'm glad it's going to be here in Perth because, again, last time we were here, it was incredible. And thanks for the support and enjoy the show. UFC 284 is taking place Sunday at RAC Arena. I'm going to ask go. one more question. Yeah. That necklace, what's yeah. going on oh, there? Well, yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a meaning towards that Not one. It's blingy, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's octagon, as you can see, it's octagon. Yeah, it's so, very uh, nice. you know, a big part of my life, you know, yeah. this 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 career. And then Alexander the Great, that's obviously my nickname and, yes. and what that like. So, uh, yeah, got that that's him in there in the cage or in the octagon, sorry. And then uh, yeah, wearing the gold. You and know, these the that. security guards because of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even wear my wedding ring in it, so it's got that many diamonds on it. It's that I found on the floor. But hey, uh, mate, congratulations with what's yes. been happening. We're going to be there chanting and cheering yep. for you. All the best. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Zave and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. Ninety-two point nine Triple M. Our next guest is one of the all-time greats. George, can he roll through? He can. Because of passion like this. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. It's a beautiful thing. One of the most recognisable voices in sport. It's S-I-L-K. And now he's received an AFL Life membership. Delicious. Please welcome Bruce McAvaney. Well Bruce, uh, congratulations, mate. Welcome to Triple M Perth uh, Life membership. Uh, it means a lot to you, I'd imagine. It does. Hi, guys. How are you? Um, and look, it does. You never expect these things when you're you know, doing your job. But a couple of things. It's given me a chance to reflect on, you know, I guess all those years and the enjoyment I got out of it and the people I worked with and the, those that I had a chance to see play. So, it, you know, you don't get a chance to do that very often. And also I sort of realised just how important footy's been to me and my not only my career but certainly to my life. So, yeah, a good chance to... Sort of look back, and you don't, as I said, uh, we really do that in our business. 
Mate, life membership of the AFL. Have you got any other life memberships tucked away anywhere? Is there a racetrack in Adelaide you're a life member of or is there anything else hanging on the wall with life member on it? Uh, look, you're asking the wrong person. I, I, I honestly don't keep stats on, on myself, to be honest. But look, I think there's a few things hanging around, but um, my wife or the publicity department at Channel 7 might know more than me. But look, I'm sort of at that age, to be honest. I'm at that age where everyone thinks I'm retired or, you know, whatever is going on. And they yeah, think, gee whiz, we better show him that we, you know, we don't mind him. And I've been receiving probably far too many gifts over the last year or two in this way. <laughs> I think you are the litmus test. If, if someone didn't like you, you'd judge them. They'd be, you know, a bad person. You know what I mean? But when you are loved and you, I imagine you would be approached all the time, what's the big question that people want to know of you or the most asked thing of you? Well, a lot of it was about Cyril Rioli for a while after, you know, that sort of indiscretion in Perth about the delicious. So that's been very, to be honest, that's been a very big part of it. But I reckon, this is this is going to sound very banal, but I reckon the most asked question I've had over the years is, who do you barrack for, Bruce? Now, come on, tell us the truth. Who do you really barrack for? So um, that's probably the one I get asked more than often, uh, more than any other. And just a quick one, Bruce McAvaney, selfie, no selfie. What's your feeling? Oh, look, I'm for selfies. I don't know how to take them, but I know how to stand for them. So, look, I, I, I mean, I think if you can't give a, I don't know, if you can't give a minute of your time to somebody, then yeah. something's wrong. I, I grew up in a household where my mother particularly was a, a wonderful conversationalist. And I, when people come up to me, I, I actually like engaging with them. Now, yeah, not absolutely everybody has the right attitude when they talk to you, but most do. And I love to find out something about them. And I, I, Usually turn it around. I usually interview them without them talking to me about me. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Bruce, it's, it's funny that uh, I think it was Tuesday the races were at Kilmore. Uh, of course, as a 23-year-old, you ducked over to Kilmore, and that's where the broadcasting passion uh, began, I believe. 23-year-old, can you put yourself back in those shoes? And, and what was broadcasting like, and what did it mean to you back then as a 23-year-old? Well, you're right about Kilmore. So I was a Kilmore harness, but the passion really began when I was about five years of age. So that's what that was my dream to call the Melbourne Cup. And I, oh. you know, I wrote to the leading commentator in Australia when I was 11 with help from my mum and dad, uh, Bill Collins, and said, you know, how do I go about it? So mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a race caller. I wanted to call that Melbourne Cup from the, the year dot, but never thought I'd get the opportunity. I was in the public service. I was a terrible student, not a bad footballer, cricketer, but I didn't know what my life was going to be in front of me. And I had by chance, it's a long story, I went to the Kilmore Trots and I was with a friend and he got me out to call trials and the rest is history. But, yeah, so, look, those early days were a lot of travel. I was calling harness racing and greyhounds uh, more than gallops. And uh, it was so enjoyable. I loved it. I felt like it was the best thing in the world and uh, nothing's really changed. I mean, my job's changed, but that mm. feeling hasn't changed. You feel a bit more pressure as you get older. You do. It's just it's just understandable. And you're probably, I'm certainly not as sharp as I might have been once. So those things you take along with the journey, but they were great days in my 20s. I loved it. I've met a lot of people. I had a lot of fun and nothing's really changed. Oh, sounds amazing. Can you remember your big break, Bruce? Can you remember the moment where, I don't know, it might have been somewhere in Adelaide said, come and call some SANFL? Can you remember the big break? Well, it was really that that moment. You know, I went, went to that Kilmore Harness meeting or trotting meeting with a friend, Kevin Hillier, his name was, and he, he was calling racing in South Australia. He said, why don't you... I, told him that I wanted to be called, and he said, come on, I'll, I'll give you a hand, and <laughs> that's what happened. And then yes. I 
My first meeting I ever called, the first time I ever called on radio, was in 1976 or 77. Can't remember. But I'm not going to order it, the, Bruce. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Oak Bank races, uh, and I called a little section of the race behind the hill, and that was in Easter time. And that's and then they offered me a little part-time job at the radio station in Adelaide, and that's how it happened. And then I went to Channel 7 as well. So, look, it was just bit by bit by bit. I got so lucky early on. And the one thing I guess I learned early was that preparation's important. Yep. That's how it worked for me. So if I was well prepared, then I could take care of my nerves a bit, and also I felt like I could do a reasonable performance. So I've, that's that's the way I've gone about it. So yeah, um, about 23 years of age, I got my lucky brain. Brilliant. It's not often you have a true legend on the phone, so we're going to keep you as long as we can. Bruce McAvaney, more next. Going to talk horse racing. See if he can uh, help out Michelle with our all or nothing. Oh, nice. Coming up, ninety-two point nine Triple M. 92.9 at Triple M. It's Dave and Michelle for breakfast. Purse Real Alternative. And we are joined by a legend, guys, Bruce McAvaney. Now, Bruce, we've spoken about the uh, the passion and the expert job that you've done in the AFL industry, horse racing. And, and I do get a massive smile when I flick on Channel 7. It is a, an event that you're covering. Um, your passion for horse racing and the love. Who is your favourite horse? We've seen the videos of you uh, cuddling Richo at times and Emma Friedman gets a squeeze on the arm. <laughs> Mate, what, what is your favourite race and your favourite horse? Well, my favourite race is the Melbourne Cup and, and it always will be. Um, there's a lot of other great races in Australia and some are getting closer to it, I guess. But no, it's the Melbourne Cup. is you know, it's, yep. the, it's the race that stops the nation and, and that's, that's the truth. Um the favourite horses changed over the years. It's Winx. Yes. Um, but as a kid, it was horses like Tullock and Kingston Town and those horses, those great horses of the past. And, you know, you do feel like you're a little part of it. But the Winx journey was pretty remarkable. And mm. to be at most all of her cox plates and all of her big races in Sydney and then to be there on that day working when she had her final run. And it was just an amazing day, a sea of blue and white. So... No, she, she'll, she'll probably be my favourite if you ask me in 20 years' time. So there's only one Winx, I think. I, I honestly believe that in Australian racing history that Winx and Farlap are, I think, the two greatest horses. Yeah, and they're unbelievable. And when was your first Melbourne Cup? Well, the first one I called was in 1985. So, look, I went to Channel 10 in 1983 really to call the Olympic Games and then we were doing horse racing as well, and I was sort of hosting. And then I called the 1985 Melbourne Cup, and I did three more after that. So that was the first one I called. And that was really historic because it was the first million-dollar race in Australia. Mm. But um, Diana and Charles presented the trophy that oh, day. It was just a massive day. It was an incredible day. And, look, that's arguably the most nervous I've ever been in the build-up. I, look, I, I had sleepless nights for three months thinking about it. And then on the day itself, you know, it, it's an amazing feeling and, Around they go for three minutes and 20 seconds, and you just take a big deep breath and thank God that's over. But yeah. it was, <laughs> so it sounds like Chinese torture, and yeah. it should be the best thing in the world. But on reflection, um, it, it's one of the great experiences I've ever had. So I was lucky enough to do, to call four Melbourne Cups, and I've worked on, you know, I don't know, 20, mm. 25, 30, I'm not sure how many, but. Yeah, no, so that's all I, that was my lifelong dream and I was able to achieve it, so I'm very, very fortunate. Mate, you mentioned your, your exhale after three and a half minutes. Is there a, a call, be it in uh, racing, footy, anything where you go, gee, I wish I had that moment back again? Or is there anything that sits in your mind that you just thought, oh, goodness me, I've accidentally called the wrong player or the wrong horse or anything like that? Look, there's so many. I mean, that's the truth. I've never... 
honestly felt like I've had what you'd call the perfect call. Um, yeah, right. And never will, probably. And I'm always feeling like I can improve. Look, every Friday night that I do Friday and football, I'd stay in a hotel in Melbourne for 90% of them or in Perth or, or somewhere else, but rarely were they ever. Every Friday night I'd go back and I would put my head on that pillow and think of all the things I should have oh, said yeah. and all the things I said that I wish I hadn't said. And that's the truth. It used to drive me mad, and I'd never get to sleep. But um, so there's a lot of things that I, you know, wish I hadn't mm. done, and there's others that I'm probably a little more pleased with. Um, in terms of, you know, um, I guess if, if I'll change the question slightly, the one event that I'm probably nearest and dearest to is Kathy Freeman's 400 oh, metre oh, race yeah, in Sydney. Um, she's a close friend, remains a close friend. She's actually having her 50th birthday this week. So she's a wonderful person. Um, and to have that privilege to call that race mm. was arguably the most important race I've ever called in my life. And certainly to be a tiny part of an historic sporting moment at the Sydney Olympics is uh, arguably the most significant thing I've done in my broadcasting career. Gee, there's so many amazing mm. calls. Now, there, there won't be... Uh... The celebrities probably won't be down at Pinjarra next Saturday, mm-hmm. Bruce, but we're heading down to the Magic Millions. Uh, if, of course, if the listeners want to join in, triplem.com, .au. Uh, Michelle has been entrusted with a, a bet yeah. for a listener to then whatever they whatever wins or losses they take, the winnings or they take nothing. When you are having a look around and maybe have an interest on something or when you are selecting from the yard, what do you look for in a horse? Have you got any advice for Michelle? <laughs> Oh, Michelle, how much? Have you got? A, is it a little bit of money you got to spend, or is two and it, a half is it five dollars or fifty? Two and a half two thousand. Half. Yeah, on the nose, I have yeah. to do it, Bruce. See, see that's pressure. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, that, 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 that is that is asking a lot of a young lady, um, Michelle. Look, William Pike probably won't be riding. That'll, that that's my first go-to. Okay, when I'm mm-hmm. in Western Australia, the first go-to is Willie Pike. But I think mm-hmm. he'll be back in the uh, Eastern States by there. Um, well, there's a million things. You can either get a dartboard and throw a dart. That's where we're at the moment. Or, or, you can, or you can find who you think is the best judge in um, in uh, West Australian racing and hone into them. I'd be looking for one of the three favourites and I'd be looking for a good stable, a good jockey, and then I'd go into the mounting yard and make sure they're not sweating too much. You yes. probably will be, Michelle, but uh, look for a horse that's... Uh, <laughs> that's keeping its cool. Yeah, good point. And yeah, you're right. I'll tell you down I, if you need yeah, the show. I'll be the one sweating in the yard. Yes. <laughs> tell me this: what's your? Is it is it Kathy Freeman that's your favourite win of all time, or, or horse wise? What's your favourite win of all time? Ah, uh, look, the Freeman race. I think in many ways. I mean, mm. it, then you've got things like Usain Bolt and all that, and when he was able to win a hundred metres for the third time. But in terms of horse racing. It's probably Winks and that third and fourth Cox Plates because it's the championship of Australian racing. She equaled Kingston Town with her third and then she went to a place with no one else. That said, Maccabi Diva's third Melbourne oh, Cup yeah. is on a par. If not, mm. in fact, when I'm thinking about it now, that day, I mean, no horse, she's the only horse ever to win three. There's only four other horses that have won two Melbourne Cups and we're talking about 160 years of history. So probably the Diva's third Melbourne Cup and Winks's fourth Cox Plate are the two. Unbelievable. Mm. And it's, do you know what? It's such a pleasure watching you watch Winks. That's oh, one of the yeah. best videos. Yeah, no, the emotion of it all. And I feel like I'm hugging someone. <laughs> yes. uh, Bruce, while we got you, uh, we won't hold you much longer, mate. You, your time with Triple M's very own, Perth's very own, uh, Dennis Comedy, you must cherish. 
Look, I do, um, and it was something that I've, we started as colleagues and finished as friends, and you can't say much more than that. But yeah. of all the things I've done in football, and I've been asked this a bit in the last couple of days, what was the most memorable match? And for me, it was the 2016 Grand Final. The of Bulldogs course. beat Sydney. It was a, but it was Dennis's final call mm-hmm. with me that day, with us at seven, and we knew that going in. It was very emotional. It was an incredible day, and to be able to stand alongside of him, who I believe is the greatest AFL or Aussie rules, I should say. The yes. greatest Aussie rules commentator that I've heard, uh, to stand with Dennis that day and to be a part of his final day is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. We're great mates. Um, he's got a touch of genius. Uh, we know that. And um, I learned a lot from him. And last one from us, mate. Uh, you've got the same health concerns as my father, mate. How are you tracking with everything? You uh fighting fit because we love seeing you travelling around the country, races and everything you put your hands to at the moment. How have I sounded this morning? You think I'm healthy? As healthy as you <laughs> get, Bruce. Absolutely joking. love it. <laughs> no, thank you, for the, thank you for asking. I'm going well. I really am. I'm feeling great. And it's something that, you know, you, you learn to live with. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Fantastic. Oh, please, you no. can watch uh, Bruce lead the Channel 7 horse racing coverage this Saturday on Channel 7 and 7 Plus. 7 Plus. Bruce McAvaney, congrats on the AFL Life membership. And thanks for your time this morning, mate. It's been a good chat, guys. All the best. Zave and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M. Our next guest was pick number 75 in the 2010 AFL Draft. Sipos flicked that magnificent look. With just 28 AFL games under his belt, he flicked the bird to Gil McLaughlin and flew to the US to have a crack at the big time, the NFL. To the championship game! Currently playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, this bloke is a chance to play in the big one, Super Bowl 57. Heading to the Super Bowl. Finally, football. Please welcome Aaron Sipos. Aaron Sipos, mate. Welcome to Triple M Perth. Mm. And uh, what a journey you're on. And gee whiz, rewind back to the St Kilda days and fast forward to today. It's been an incredible journey. Yeah, it sure has been. Um, You know, there's been a lot going on in the last kind of five or so years, but um, you know, obviously great to be in the situation that I'm in right now and, and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, Matt, I remember playing against you and the booming, booming leg you had. When you moved over to the States, was it uh, to, to head towards the NFL or did you go to college just for the experience and if it landed in the NFL, it was a bonus? Yeah, look, obviously the plan was originally definitely just kind of work on the college side of things and, and work on that and concentrate on that for the few years. And, um, you know, when... Things started to go reasonably well in the college aspect. That's kind of where, uh, you know, I, I drew my attention to try and making it to the pros and um, obviously worked out reasonably well. I, I spent six months with the Detroit Lions and then made my way to Philadelphia. And, um, yeah, obviously very lucky to be in this situation. Now, I'm just listening to your voice. You have lost no accent whatsoever. I can't even hear a tiny <laughs> little bit of anything. Do your family hear anything when you talk to them? Yeah, no, I, I haven't lost anything just yet, no. so hopefully it stays that way. I, I lived down <laughs> south for a couple of years, so it would have been a big struggle if I, I somehow picked up that. So um, I listen. my wife is from Australia too, so I get to listen to the Australian voice every single day, so hopefully that, that doesn't change. Now, yeah, mate, mate, just casting over the vision there. But is there a little one sitting with you? Yeah, there is a little one. She's just kind of made her way over to a couple of her toys, so <laughs> if she pops in, uh, I apologise. But right now, she's pretty good at entertaining herself, so hopefully it stays that way. Nah, great, mate. So that means, obviously, <laughs> your wife, uh, Rachel, is uh, there as well. It's a, a tight little family in a, in a big city in America. 
Yeah, look, it's um, it's been quite a journey, and you know, uh, my wife's been with me the whole way. Um, she's been incredible throughout this whole journey too, and you know, probably having a little kid over here made you know wasn't probably something in our in our plans a few years ago, but um, you know, things kind of work out really well, and and you know, when it's time to start a family, you do, and it's it's been fantastic. So, Philly's a beautiful place to to be, um, and we really enjoy being here. How have you found being a dad? Because how old's your little girl now? Yeah, she's almost fifteen months now. Yeah, so, um, so still pretty fresh. We, little gone. Yeah, still pretty fresh. She's she's kind of started walking in the last kind of six or so weeks. Ooh. So fully mobile now, and um, that is a game changer. But uh, she is uh, she's doing her thing, which is fantastic, and um, you know it's great. Um, you know, being a dad. Been nice. Is she ready to go with the small jersey as well of yours? Oh yeah, she's Excellent. got that all covered. She's got the cheerleading outfit <laughs> and that too, so she's she's good to go. Now, mate, you're a genius. Before we get to the nuts and bolts of uh, the, the Super Bowl and stuff, I have trouble selling to my wife that I can go to the Scarborough Sportsman's Club for an hour on a Saturday. How the bloody hell did you get to America to live? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh, yeah. I got the luck of the draw for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, mate. We need to ask. Um, yeah, I love my NFL. Absolutely love it. Tune in and breakfast radio time slot works perfectly for. Uh, <laughs> we're not working too much and watching a lot of NFL. Uh, how is the yeah. injury? Yeah, it's going really well. I'm uh, I'm, I'm fully ready to go. Um, the ankles come along really nicely in kind of the last two or three weeks, which has been awesome. And um, you know, basically, uh, I'm all ready to go and play. It's just up to the organisation on what they want to do. So uh, fingers crossed things go my way, uh, but I'll, you know, I'll prepare no matter what as if I'm, I'm going to be part of the game. Yeah, it's, it's such a big event as well. Halftime entertainment, you've got Rihanna and everything. Can you hear it or do you get a sneak peek? or What what goes on while halftime's happening? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, I asked a few of the guys and they said that, no, nah, it's, it's kind of, you know, they stay inside and obviously you can hear like the, you know, the speakers and that obviously mm-hmm. – blasting and things like that, but don't really go outside. But I don't know. I might change it up. I might get out there and try and experience it myself and see what it's all about. So, Mm. you know, seeing Rihanna live would be pretty cool. I'll tell you what, last year's halftime show with Snoop, I would have been. It was huge. Everyone turned up. Everyone was there. They (laughs) put on a show. Hey, Aaron, I'm going to paint a picture for you. It's not great because I am fat. But uh, on Monday morning, I was having a shower down at work in the uh, in the um, yeah, disabled the- torts, the big torts, and I set the laptop up. And I was watching your game, and the bloke. Yeah, sorry, and the bloke who took your role. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair no, enough. it's not a good look, mate. Fair enough. But uh, how the competition? So the person who's doing your role at the moment, because you're injured. Uh, launched one, did it hit the wires, didn't it hit the wires? But do you sit there and go, me personally being Australian supporting you, I thought, suck shit, that's bad for, That's bad luck for you. <laughs> How hard is it? It's so competitive over there. Yeah, it, look, it is a brutal business. And, um, you know, while you try and be a, a good person and a good sport at the same time, mm. it is tough seeing someone else um, doing your role that you've done for the last two years. So, um, you know, while... Well, you have to kind of be supportive and, and things like that. You know, at, at the same time, that you know, the business is the business and you've got to go out there and kind of look after yourself at the same time. But, um, you know, it, it, uh, that's just the way it works. And, um, you know, that's what I've, you know, kind of learned over the last kind of few years being in this business is that you do kind of have to, you know, take care of yourself and make sure that you are number one priority. But, you know, I've always kind of grown up in the setting of, you know, being a good team man and, and things like that and, um, you know, I try and bring that across here as well. Mate, you would have played footy with uh, you know, Nick Rewalt, Brennan Goddard, the absolute superstars at the Saints. 
but they are a drop in the ocean compared to a, a Jalen Hurts or someone or a Pat Mahomes who you're going to be up against. The lifestyle of these megastars in the NFL, can you just do you sit back and just watch in awe? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, these guys basically have everything that they've ever wanted their entire mm. lives uh, right in front of them now. And, you know, even guys in the, in our locker room driving around, you know, Mercedes Benz G Wagons. Mm. And, you know, what are you, like roll, what are you rolling in? Mm. I got myself a Tesla, so I can't complain yeah, too much. Nice. Uh, so. Um, gone the electric way, which is nice, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it is quite incredible. I mean, there's nothing that kind of compares to it, to be honest. And um, you know, while it is obviously awesome to be a part of, I've still tried to make sure I keep grounded and just mm. be a nice family and, and keep in touch with everybody that is back home. Oh, there's the contrast of this question. Have you ever what, what's the biggest lash out you've done? But you're a grounded man, you've just said, <laughs> never spoilt yourself with anything <laughs> or the family. No, my Tesla is probably the biggest thing that I have bought. So, you know, I'll, that's that's probably been about it. But uh, no, that's 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 as I said, I just try and you know keep it th- nice and simple and, and and go out there and do my job and then uh, you know kind of keep quiet behind the scenes. You win the Super Bowl, you got to go spoil yourself with something, so don't you? Sell the something. Sell the ring yeah. and buy something. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, I'll yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, I may be in the process of trying to buy a house, so maybe we'll see how that goes. Ooh, nice. Yeah, lovely, mate. I was, in, I was lucky enough to play in a, a few grand finals, which is the poor step cousin that he's not related to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and used to, get a few, used to get a few people hit you up for tickets. Uh, how's the phone oh, gone? Because... Yes. Uh, I mean, Triple M, if they want to send us the Super Bowl, I mean, I'm happy to go. Yeah. But um, how's the phone running with tickets and stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, early, early, very quickly, there was, you know, there was definitely a few people that jumped on board and, and wanted to get in touch mm. and see what um, they could get their hands on. There's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but no, the, the, in all honesty, the support's actually been really great. And there's been plenty of guys that have reached out that I used to play with back home. And um, they've, they've been awesome, which is good. So, you know, lots of uh, congratulations and well wishes and hoping for me to, you know, get back out there and, and, and play on the big day. Any, so nice any Saints boys you want to name, mate, that might be uh, just sliding into the DMs or the phone just to see whether <laughs> there is an angle for a ticket? My old mate, my old mate Rui just moved over here actually yes. to the US, so he's pretty keen to, you know, jump on board and that. But, um, no, nah, it, it's, all, it's all good. It's all, uh, it's all love. Mate, all right. uh, we, we can't wait to see you. And uh, with fingers crossed you're out there. You're an absolute star in your role for Philly. So, mate, we're rooting for you. Uh, we wish you all the best. The Super Bowl is something special for an Australian and uh, we'll mm. be tuning in and we look forward to seeing you out there. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Aaron Sipos, Super Bowl 57, Philly versus Kansas City in Arizona. Going to be massive next Monday, 7.30 Perth time. Aaron, see you later, mate. Thanks, guys. Zave and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M. Right now, X. This is big. It is big, Ooh, yes. uh, Michelle. Every year we have a player on the the radio from either West mm-hmm. Coast or Fremantle. Uh, this year we've been joined by a very, very special guest mm-hmm. and, and a tremendous footballer himself, tough as nails, inside, outside. And we had a chat to him about this news yesterday. I just want to announce that I'll be stepping aside as captain and stepping out of the leadership group um, with sort of where the club went last year and um, with what happened with my body. It started to pave the way, I think. We could see the growth in the club that richness of leadership that was coming through started to create that opportunity for me to step aside and allow someone to come through um, be the new captain of the club. Richness of a leadership down at Fremantle. Let me say good morning to one of those very talented leaders, Caleb Sarong. Welcome to Triple M. 
Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, firstly, uh, you're going to be on board with us this year, and it's great to have a young, yes. uh, talented star like yourself on board. But uh, a bit of news yesterday down at Coburn. Yes, yeah. it's. Um, I guess it's, as Fife said, it's really exciting to, I guess, see that he's, I guess, happy to step aside and understand that we've got some um, really good leaders coming through that have developed, I guess, under him. Um, and he believes they're ready to take over. Uh, that's a really exciting thing for the club. But yeah, it's still a bit kind of a um, bit of a surprise. It took me by surprise there yesterday, I guess, since I've been at the club. Fifey's been my captain um, and still view him as that. And I guess um, kind of just coming out of nowhere and it was a bit of a bit of surprise and a shock for all the guys yesterday. But um, I think he's really at peace with the, with the decision and, really understands where the club's going and, and the next step is for, I guess, someone else to come in and take over and lead. Yeah. Well, Caleb, what was the room like? What was the emotions like going around there as he was making that announcement? Um, bit of bit of a weird one because we kind of didn't know what the meeting briefing was for, so we are all kind of in there like, what's going on? Are we are we in trouble? What's going <laughs> on? Yes. Yes. Was the CEO in the room, Caleb? Yeah, Galo yeah, walked in. Absolutely. Pan- panic stations Is that when there. you panic? Who, right. who was in a fight? Who did what? Yeah. I think Bully's walking up, pacing oh. up and down the front. I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? But um, then Fife, you walked in and it's kind of all made a bit of sense. But Did you think of uh, retirement at all? I didn't. Okay. I just know what he what he's kind of doing at the moment yeah. and he's in some really good nick and, and working his tail off, so... That didn't really cross my mind, um, but even this kind of didn't cross my mind, to be honest, as well. But it was, um, I guess, everyone in the room saw the look on his face and, I guess, the the happiness and, um, I guess, content with the decision to hand it over. And you could kind of see that, and a bit of pressure probably came off his shoulders. So mm-hmm. everyone was pretty pretty happy to kind of see him um, in a really good headspace and really happy with the decision. Now, mate, you've got uh, obviously Alex Pierce who who filled in for five for a fair bit last year. Andy and yourself as the young up and comers. Now, I was fortunate enough to play with two young stars, Sam Mitchell and Luke Hodge, who were quite young when they took over the captaincy. How will the uh, captaincy be resolved? Will it be a vote? Uh, do you have to stand up in front of the group and tell everyone who you're voting for? What's the process down at Fremantle? Uh, it's been a little bit different over the last couple of years, but quite similar as well. It's it's often a process that involves players, coaches, um, key footy personnel. and um, don't know what that's going to kind of look like this year, but I'm sure it'll be very similar. Um, they're kind of working through that at the moment and what that looks like and how we resolve it. But um, I think it will be a process that the players will get definitely get a, a large say um, mm-hmm. as, as they're the ones that have to be let out by the captain um, and they're the ones that have to work with them every day but also the coaches are heavily involved and um, some other key football personnel so um, yeah I'm not sure the time frame I think they've kind of put on the next couple of weeks and maybe the end of the month but um, yeah we're definitely not going to be rushing into a decision where we'll work through the process and work out what's best for the footy club. Um, Xavier was saying before, Caleb, off air, we're talking about how people vote, and just as you were saying then, um, in that, is there anyone that's, that's sort of stood up and gone, I wouldn't mind this, or sort of put their hand up? Uh, not explicitly, no. I think we've seen guys as young leaders step up and mm-hmm. take on more responsibility, but no one's putting their hand up in, in a meeting or anything and saying, I want this or I want to be in the leadership group. But you understand when guys come back and they're taking on a little bit more and um, they're putting their hand up a bit more and speaking, vocalising and, and leading the standard a bit more than they're probably the ne- naturally the next ones to kind of come into that leadership group or 
take the next step as leaders. And we've got plenty of guys like that at the moment, which is really exciting. We've, as as Fifey touched on yesterday with the depth of leadership group, it's not not just the guys in the leadership group at the moment. It's the guys coming through that will step in mm. this year. Um, and that's really exciting. Mate, the way you play and conduct yourself, you've got leadership material written all over you. Do you want to be captain of the Fremantle Footy Club? Oh, one day I'd love to be captain of the footy club. Um, I think it's a really humbling role to hold. And um, I guess with the way we do it, with the players having such a large say, Fifey touched on it yesterday, um, to have their, their full backing and um, feel like they're, they're, they want you to lead them um, would be a really humbling and, I guess, privilege to do. But that's, to be honest, until yesterday, it was the last thing on my mm-hmm. mind. Um, all I was focusing on was getting myself right for round one and, and getting the team to a point where we can really attack this season and get back to where we were last year and further. So yep. that's where my focus still lies. Um, this process will take care of itself. But, um, yeah, it's a really exciting period for the club because there's, as it's kind of been documented, there's probably a few guys that could take the role, which is really exciting. And now, mate, uh, you're a good, strong Gippsland. They breed them tough in Gippsland, Sean. Look at me. Yeah. Soft and fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Have you captain aside along the way? And uh, more importantly, the most daunting part about being captain is the pregame speeches that you might have to deliver. Have you ever had to give the pregame? Josh Kennedy, uh, former West Coast star, gave up halfway through a pregame speech because he couldn't get his words Seriously? out. Yeah, no, he said, F that, I'm done. Um, <laughs> uh, have you ever delivered a pregame? Yeah, yeah. There's been there's been a few, I guess, through juniors. Um I guess being kind of a talented junior, often kind of thrown as the captain, um, whether you're a leader or not. Um, but kind of coming through with the country and, and school footy and stuff, I was I was a captain. And, um, yeah, you're right. It is quite daunting. Uh, you get there and all the eyeballs are on you. Oh, hi, boys. We're in the first ball. Yeah, Hit yeah. <laughs> And as soon as you stumble once, it just has a way of turning into three, four, five, six stumbles. Um, but, yeah, there's we've got someone that, I've had his captain that far off that does it probably as good, if not better than anyone. He's very well articulated when he's speaking. So, um, yeah, he doesn't have any stumbles. So you've got to live up okay. to a bit if you're taking over from him. Absolutely. Now, last couple for us, mate. Uh, O'Meara has joined the squad. Is he the sexiest player you've played with? <laughs> his pipes are, that's for sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going to Google. What is this? No, no. Yeah, and make sure you put um, Beach or um, Togs okay. yeah, in, right. in the Google search. Looks okay. a million, looks Jake O'Meara. looks a million bucks. Uh, and, mate, uh, I've got a little bit of an eye over the Hawks. How's your brother going? Going well, yeah. he's uh, He's been over here the last couple of days, actually, which has been good. They had a four-day break, and his partner and her family live over here. So okay. um, she's obviously moved to Melbourne, but um, their family's over here. So it was good to see him over the last couple of days and um, catch up. But he's, yeah, he's fit and firing going well. So they're a young group, so hopefully um, he can kind of get a game early on and get his many spot inside. And I did say last one before, but I'm going to say one more. How are you travelling actually fit and firing yourself? I do see some videos and stuff, and you're leading the charge in the videos I've seen, but uh, you've had no hiccups along the way? No, I've been I've been really lucky this preseason. It's been great. I think last year, uh, if I look back to this time last year, I was just starting contact drills because I had six months out with sorry six weeks out with a um, broken finger. Yeah. Uh, which you kind of think of a broken finger, and you're like, how's that going to keep you out for six weeks? Mm-hmm. But um, this time of year, they're pretty cautious of that stuff. And um, I guess I was fit last year, but not having the the match fitness and the um, contact and stuff. It's just a different beast when you come back and get into it this time of year. So I've been really lucky. I haven't really missed a session across along the way. So um, I'm really excited, to be honest, just to get against some opposition. I'm kind of sick playing teammates and just want to get out there and 
and see what we can do um, against opposition, which is really exciting. Caleb Sarong is our Fremantle docker for 2023. We'll have to get you in in a couple of weeks, Caleb. Sounds good. Thank you very much, guys. Save and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M. Our next guest is no stranger to radio. He was on Triple J for seven years. Hi, I'm Tom. My name's Alex. We're from Triple J Breakfast. Since then, he shined on the TV, the project, Q&A, celebrity name game, and his own show, Tonightly, with Tom Ballard. Hey, just out of interest, any baby moves in tonight? No? Good, let's talk about them. When are they going to shuffle off this mortal coil and give me a house? And if that wasn't enough, he's now an author. Let's talk with the triple threat himself, Tom Ballard. <laughs> a triple threat. Well, you can't well, with that. Good morning. Did, did Good morning. you hear your young little voice? Yeah, that was like, awful. Hello. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for mentioning Celebrity Name Game, too. My, 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 my greatest work of all. I can't even... Re- Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. I can't remember the show. <laughs> no, so I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> it was Grant Denya, and you had to... you Like, playing with the contestant, oh, they brought out celebrities, head- and as ordinary members of the public, they had to mm. pretend they knew who you were. Uh, and then... Oh. They're like, you're standing in front of a screen and then you've got to give them clues without saying the thing for them to guess. It was yep. a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> How many episodes did we punch out? Germany, Italy. It's yeah. like everywhere. Yeah, it's it could be one myself. like Neighbours. No, no, you won't believe it. Huge in the UK. I think Amazon think. Prime are going to bring it back. I think it's really exciting. Now, mate, we were just talking about heading to Pinjarra for uh, Magic Millions and horse riding and racing, etc. And uh, you mentioned that you had a trail riding story. <laughs> well, I talk about this in my show. I talk about my, um, my beautiful physique. The pandemic has not been kind. I've put on a lot of weight. Mm. Uh, I got round COVID. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> and just to clarify, this is you speaking, not me. This yeah. is me. This is me. You're not allowed to make fun of my weight. I will bash you. No, no. Also the same boat. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a fight between Chunky two times. High five. Yeah. Yeah. the same milk. Yes. Yeah. Exactly the same yeah. story. Anyway, it's a journey. In November last year, my boyfriend was going to surprise me for my birthday and take me horseback trail riding. I oh. love horses. They're oh, you beautiful. Do? I'm lovely. a huge fan. Did you ever watch Saddle Club? I did Hello, Will. This Hello, is me. Will. This is me. We could be. I did not expect that from you, no, no, no. That's my prejudice coming through. Yeah. And I apologize. <laughs> um, great show. Yes, love, I used to, as, as a little kid, I had an imaginary best friend horse. I'm just remembering this now, oh. called Sapphire. Oh. Yes. Like, yes. Anyway, I'm homosexual. And my boyfriend was going to surprise me and take me horseback trail riding. And I was like, that's so nice. And then he made some inquiries, and the horseback trail riding establishment. Had a rider weight limit oh, policy. Oh, and I could, I'm too fat to ride a goddamn horse, Michelle. Yeah. They're and pretty sturdy animals, right? Yeah, I... I've seen War Horse. Mate, yeah. the one went to War. <laughs> I've seen the movie. You're telling them I can't sit on it. They're carrying around like knights in shining armour. They're not the Budweiser well, we horses, are... mate. They're just normal horses we trying to get no along. There's no chance against China if they can't ride, if I can't get on the back of one. For I did the same thing with a friend of mine, and we did the the same thing and went, oh, he can't go on. So it's like, yeah, yeah. that's the, uh, that's an aim. That's a goal. There, there's, a, there's a thing that happens. Broom north up here, uh, people go out there and ride the camels. When does a camel come <laughs> they, No, they reckon that, the, well, it had happened to me. I haven't tried because I know the mm. result. Mm. But there's a lot of chubby dads that run next to the camels. Sorry, you can't get on, fatty. Ask <laughs> <laughs> the kids today. <laughs> come on, oh, these yeah. horses. Just tell them to lift with their knees. They'll oh. be fine. 
I know. I know. And I'm not. And I'm not going around the country. My name's not Ned Brock. I'm just doing an hour trail ride. Like Christ, have the day off tomorrow if you do. I think there's a few because I, I went skydiving years ago, and then I, I remember at the time I was just under 110 kilos. I think that was the limit. What is this weight limit for fun? Yeah, no. Like I tell you what, I'm not running the gauntlet. I'm jumping out the plane weight yeah, limit. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it with a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on a horse. Let me jump out of a plane on the horse. Save and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M. We are hanging out with Tom Ballard, or mm-hmm. as he's also known, Xavier Ellis's cousin. We are. Yeah. Yeah. We just reminisced about our years watching Saddle Club 4.30 <laughs> after uh, roll home from school. That was fantastic. Did you watch <laughs> The Secret World of Alex Mack as well? Oh, no, I didn't get there. I've always watched reruns of Saddle Club, to be honest with you. Mate, you've been doing some wonderful stuff. We You're getting fired just... from Triple M. I, I yeah. feel it. Like, management is saying, dude, we can't have you plug into Saddle, Saddle Club. Club. But, right. uh, we were just talking off air about the Royals and reminiscing about uh, I went to the Royal Wedding and stuff. Uh, you're, you're a big fan of the Royals? I love them. I just wish they'll be around forever. No, the show <laughs> that I'm doing is very much against the monarchy and talking about uh, the Queen passing away, which was really the only funny thing that happened last year. Oh, and, um, tough cra- Guys, we can laugh. 96 years is a very good inning, especially for Lizard. You know, they don't normally... <laughs> Call in with your complaints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and make sure you get the right person. It's, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sort of with you, mate. I'm, I'm not a big royal man, I'm to be honest with you. I think it's stupid. I, th- I, don't, I don't, you know, like full credit to her or whatever. It, the whole institution is tied up in the one person. And mm. yeah. there's just the veneration and like, oh, she was so dignified and she never complained. And it's mm. like, complained about what? Yeah. <laughs> about inheriting millions of dollars? About meeting Sir Paul McCartney? Yeah. You know, like being I mean, a queen pick- is not a real job, yeah. said the comedian. Come on. What are you used to know? She's not a date night club till two in the morning. <laughs> so you went, they sent you over to cover the royal wedding, but you just watched it from a pub? Is that what the deal? Well, essentially, yes. I had yes. to do a, um, uh, they sort of gave up hope when I had to commentate um, when Meghan Markle was walking up the stairs. Yes. And I related it to like a fishing boat with a troll, like netting off the back. <laughs> went, oh my goodness. Yeah, That's I said, the train. Yeah, it looked, it looked, it, she looked like a boat with the net dragging at the back to catch some fish. And they go, right, I think we've got the wrong bloke on the job here. I did know it was a Givenchy number, though, and they love the Givenchy. But then, yeah, no, it went into the pub. And we had a fair session in there, and then the, the girl I was with um, goes, hey, Tori, goes, mate, if you run down that alleyway, you'll almost run straight into them. And I walked out, she and I waved and did some silly things, went back in, job oh, done. magic. Uh, and, of course, thanks to the sponsors who flew us over the Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's a really but good But Meghan Markle, her life flashed before her eyes, and she yeah. now would sit there in mm. LA and think, shit, that Aussie bloke, I eyed off on yep. the way out. Yeah. I could have my life. Was it was sliding doors. Could have gone away. to my wife who's in the car. As we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have probably jumped ship at the time. I'm just putting it out there. But the message oh. I want to get out, people say, oh, you're on Team Royal Family or do you love Harry and Meghan? And I am I just want to tell people, you are allowed to hate them all. Yeah. And, oh, and I really yeah, encourage yeah, yeah. that. You, you know, yes. Harry with his frozen todger. And Meghan <laughs> Markle's like false naivety. Like, oh, oh my I married God. the Royal Family. And oh, yes. you'll never guess Thank they're you. weird. Yeah. Probably Thank there have been some signs. What was Harry calling it before? The the Panettone. The Panettone, yeah, 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 the old icing sugar. Did mm. it blow your mind when she was on Deal or No Deal and it blew her mind <laughs> yeah. that no one wanted to know about her brains? Mm. I'm just holding a suitcase. I never knew this was a job. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, can't buy. Now, you, so your show, Tom yes. Ballard, is It Is I. It is and I. what else? So you're obviously tackling the Royals. What else goes on in there? Um, yeah, look, I talk. I sort of give updates. I haven't toured uh, for a little while, so I talk about um, uh, my boyfriend, who's a professional circus acrobat, no biggie. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Whenever you tell people that, immediately they say, mm. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. What circus are we talking about? Uh, what what circus? Like the Slayer. Oh right, uh, are we like, slaying? He works or? for a company in Queensland called Circa. Yeah, it's contemporary circus. It's really okay. edgy and political, and oh, oh, it's just doing it. flips. It's just Do doing flips. Do they train at Jam Powers? Sorry. Do they train at Jam Powers Farmers Markets there? <laughs> No, I said there's a circus specific. in there. There's a few hula okay. hoops and stuff. I just right. wondered whether he was involved in that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's just a flashback to when living there. Yeah. Um, no, not him. Yeah. How long are you in town for? Um, here till Sunday, yes, at the Oasis Comedy Club every night. And mm. it, uh, it's a joy. I love Fringe. And uh, Perth audience is so nice. I've had a 13-year-old in the audience. That was uh, oh, yeah. that was wow. touch and go. Mm? And my Gita Reinhardt jokes are bombing. But generally, oh, it's been a great oh, time. Oh, and we, we, we had, we've had comedians in throughout the week mm. since Fringe has been going. They were thrilled that Dave Chappelle lobbed in for a couple of nights. Yeah, good. Good on him. Good on him. Good on him. And, you know, look, there's enough tickets for all of us. He was playing in a stadium. I was playing in a room on Sunday night where the power cut out five times. So we're all doing our best to entertain the masses. Because I was going to say, on Thursday, he had a little, there was a little scuffle in his audience. Have you ever had anything I like heard that? it while I was talking to your producer out there. And apparently, yes, during the bit in which he was talking about the time he was rushed on stage, two oh. Perth dudes took their shirts off yes. and started punching off, which oh. is the most wow. Perth yeah. experience in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. And, I, and if anyone wants to come down to a Tom Valor gig, rip your shirt off. Yeah. And fight. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, you're at the Oasis Comedy Club tomorrow until Saturday. Tickets at fringeworld.com.au. Go and see Tom Ballard, this very funny man. Thanks for coming in, Tom. Thanks, Thank mate. You. Cheers. Yes. Have a good day. Bye, mate. Zave and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M. Morning, guys. How are we? Oh, Liam, there great to have you back on the airwaves, mate. It's been a, what, six months hiatus. You mm-hmm. guys didn't make the final, so you had a month earlier. But, uh, <laughs> mate, uh, well, firstly, this morning you're heading down to Florida Beach. Uh, you've got a past winner saddled up next to you. Uh, how are you looking for the uh, Stevie Simpson Cup? Mate, it is an exciting morning, and thanks for that reminder about last year, X. Uh, nice of you, but... Um, <laughs> well, but, but yeah. our listeners Welcome have been saying, we missed Dugger. I said, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, fair, fair game, but uh, no, nah, it, it is an exciting morning. It's, um, yeah, as, as Sean said, it's been a, a bit of a tradition now for us for the last um, five, six, seven years. So, yeah, pretty exciting. I've got two dogs running today, so I'm just about to load the float up and head down, but we've got Blue the past winner, and... Um, Diggy's a red hot chance today as well. She's uh, she's got good turn of foot. So oh, watch right. he know mm. the language. Tommy. She's using the language. Yes. I love it. So one of them's a labradoodle. I understand, Liam. That's right, Michelle. Yeah, I just looked them up. They've got a fair bit of speed well, on them. Fluffy so, things. Yeah, or? they're beautiful. Mm. They look like teddies. They're gorgeous. Ooh, Is yours a rusty are, yeah. coloured one or a blondy sort of one? Uh, it was meant to be brown. It's now grey. Age oh, <sighs> has it, mate. <laughs> Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Three years old. It's been a rough three years. It's been <laughs> three years. Age. Oh, Gee, no. What happened? Like, what did you get up to when you got home last year after games? The poor dog's age. <laughs> hey, Dougo, mate. Uh, well, we've got you. Of course, the the Simpson Cup is on, and we're not really here to talk about that. So, how's your preseason going? The wooden knee flying? Uh, yeah, I don't have been going. Um, yeah, I'm not sort of with the uh, the main group just yet, but I'm okay. working my way back in uh, to, to the early parts of training and, and hopefully get some match simulation in over this week and next week and, and leading into our pre-season games. Yeah, great, mate. So you, you're obviously targeting round one. There won't be any restrictions on you for round one? Yeah, I should have my timing pretty spot on for round one. So that's, uh, 
that's how I tend to do my pre-seasons at the moment is um, just make sure I'm ready for round one and we'll get yep. into it. Nah, beautiful, mate. You do hear around the traps that uh, the team, and I know you just said that you haven't been training with the main group, but uh, from afar, they, they all seem to be fit and firing. At the, you know, it's not the right time of year, but it's good to have a, a full track. It is, mate. Yeah, it's good to have everyone healthy. I think there was probably 42 of our um, list that were starting training last Friday, so at least in some form of training, which is which is really great at this time of year. It's important to have healthy, fit boys, and, and the boys have come back this year in, in really good nick, so it's exciting to see what we're going to do this early part of the season. Couldn't agree more. I cast my eyes over them on TikTok. You had your uh, shoot last week for the big uh, photo, for your big team photo. How does that go? Do people get niggly about being at the back or the front or things like that? What's the go when it's photo time? Yeah, I'm not so sure. I've been very lucky to be on the uh, on the chair for quite a few years now. I probably got in there a little bit earlier than what I should have. Um, Gee, you're on the chair. So, on the chair. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the chairs for yeah. For too long, actually. I'd, I'd investigate that. What's, mate. what's yeah. the rule with your hands on the chairs? Do you just put them on your on your legs because they're, they're like they crossing be in this way? Or do they what should be, be doing chair. up should front, be back. middle, back? Yeah, uh, just just fists fist on your on your knees down the front. But you got to try and get the arms in front and get the pipes out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Did yeah. you oil yeah. up? Lube them up? Oh, totally oh nah. Is that? Oh, they'd be oiled and unoiled. That's going to be patchy yeah. for the photo. I'm like this. I'm <laughs> so, worried now. Yeah. I'm worried. Oh, I just used to get in the gym, just a, a quick couple of crunches, pump them, and then just lube the arms up. I was that horse. slippery. Yeah. <laughs> Try to shake my hand, I'd end up under my armpit. That's how lubed up I was. Goodness me, there was jelly everywhere. <laughs> Put me on a tarp, I'll probably slip and slide. <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, that's my after hours activities that I get up to. But um, hey, Dougo, mate, uh, I do. Uh, so you're fit and firing. Um, the West Coast supporters would be disappointed with how it went last year, but um, the way things are tracking at the moment, the guys who did have some injury trouble, Shuey, uh, McGovern, etc. The senior boys seem to be getting uh, time in their legs. Yeah, yep, definitely, mate. They're um, yeah, they're, they're out there, and Shuey had a little bit of a. Um... I suppose a build into to where he is now, but he's he's been ready to go for a few weeks, and and now he's back in match and looking really good. But yeah, all our stars, mate, they're out there, and our young kids as well. We're in a, a good space, I think, with our with our fitness levels. Give us one kid's name to look forward to. The big Rolls Royce, Ruben, Jimmy, I reckon. Um, Rolls Royce yeah. already. Rolls Royce. Oh, wow. And listen, uh, Liam, I don't want to end this on. Have a... you pulled over, Dougo, just to yeah. be safe? Sit down, Doug. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm still outside the float at home and just right. out of the property. Still yeah. outside the float. <laughs> I just want to. It's some bad news, mate. Yeah, mm. and just brace yourself. I'm not sure if you've heard or not. Um, we love your fragrance well, when you come in. It's through my headphones. I know. I know. <laughs> it's Invictus, of course. Ooh. And um, just, I don't know if you're onto it, Liam, but just the other day, Paco Raban passed away at the age of 88. Oh, wow. Yeah. Brown, brown bread, mate. Um, bag of bones. Done. done. No more. Jeez, that yeah. is, yeah. Priestly is a wise. Are Mentally, you? where yeah. are you at now? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I continued to spray this morning, so. Yeah, I, on you. I spray and, and in memory. Can you, in memory. Can, can you slap a couple of squirts on the dogs? Just yeah, today? Absolutely. <laughs> Just a couple of pumps. Could be, could be a fighting morning down at the beach. Good on you, Doug. Save and Michelle for breakfast. Never boring. 92.9 Triple M.